Our lesson today is from the New Testament. It's from the Gospel according to Matthew, and it's the third week in a row that we've read this passage as we continue in this series on the Lord's Prayer, the third and final in this brief series. Listen again to these familiar words. Jesus says, Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have been forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Well, on Thursday of this past week, I spent the whole day basically from 8.30 to about 4 o'clock almost, in a Presbyterian Outlook Board of Directors meeting on the third floor of the Virginia building. It was indeed a worthwhile meeting. It's inclusive of some very wonderful and committed people. But sitting all day in one room with uh, the same people in one seat can make kind of for a long day. As you might guess, sometimes during these kinds of days, small distractions can lead to some helpful insights. And I learned a new word in this long meeting. I like words. I like learning new words. Do you know the word perspicuity? I don't think I'd ever heard that word before, and I know I hadn't used it in a sentence. It's basically a complicated word that means things shouldn't be too complicated. See, perspicuity is a noun that means clearness, that means lucidity. If something is perspicuous, it means it is clearly expressed or clearly presented. So I'm going to use this now in a sentence. I hope my sermon today, this final one on this Lord's Prayer in this series, has perspicuity, (laughs) clarity, lucidity. Here's another use of this word. The Lord's Prayer is a summary for perspicuity of everything that was important to Jesus. I'll say it again. The Lord's Prayer is a summary of everything that was important to Jesus. So we have clarity about what's important to Jesus, perspicuity. The Lord's Prayer offers clarity about the essence of Jesus' life, the essence of Jesus' ministry toward the kingdom of God, toward the reign of God in the world, Jesus comes on the scene, announces, inaugurates, initiates what God cares most about. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we tend to live, see, in a certain realm. Our lives, that realm. Our interests, that realm. Our particular hopes and worries, that's where we live. Generally, but Jesus tries to move us to another realm, the kingdom of God. We dwell, or tend to dwell, in the midst of our own little worlds. But God wants us to connect with God and connect with one another and move toward the kingdom of hope and joy and justice that not only changes our lives, but changes, indeed, the whole world. The Lord's Prayer is offered for perspicuity, for clarity, So that we can pray and live into God's kingdom, God's full reign 
near and far. Today we focus on the last half of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. This phrase holds the central place in this prayer, reminding us that daily bread is central to all of our lives. Bread symbolizes everything that we eat. If we cannot eat, we cannot live. Our prayers then are for what we eat. And Jesus knows that what we eat matters. It matters to our lives. It matters to our perspective about life and hope and joy and justice. So he says, when you pray, pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. But seemingly, this simple phrase, give us this day our daily bread, remains a bit complicated. It lacks perspicuity even. Here's why. The phrase, this day, is clear enough. It is. We're not praying for bread for the next year or sometime in the future. We pray for bread this day. But then there's the other phrase in this very, the other word in this very short phrase, daily. Why does it say this day and daily? Lacking even more perspicuity, The Greek word for daily is very unusual. It is epiousios. And the problem here is that this word appears nowhere else in the Greek language. Nowhere else in the Greek language. How do you know what the word means when it appears nowhere else? The only thing you can do is look back through the centuries and assess how people have interpreted this word, sorted out what this particular word means. Some of the earliest commentaries, way back to the 3rd and 4th century, thought that the word epiousios referred to time, specifically today. The phrase would mean, give us our daily bread, meaning the bread that we need for today. That's the prayer. The implication would be that that bread is essential to life, and so we need the daily bread today. Some other commentators thought that since the word this day is already there in this phrase, epiousios is indeed about time, but it doesn't really mean today, it means actually tomorrow. So this understanding would have us praying in this way, give us this day our bread for tomorrow. So that we're not anxious about tomorrow and we can actually eat and live today. We already have our bread Daily bread provided. What we need is some confidence about tomorrow. And so that's how that word might be interpreted. And actually, the bread for tomorrow, in this sense, would also point us to that heavenly banquet, the tomorrow of the future, the future communion in the full reign of God's kingdom, the fir- that future banquet, that heavenly banquet, when we gather with God and all God's people and feast together. It would also imply that. But then there are other commentators and early church fathers and mothers who argued differently about this word epiousios. It was not about time at all, they said. Why would one short phrase have two references to time? So they understood the word not to be about time, but to be about the amount of bread that was requested Give us today our daily bread would mean substance for the day to nourish us, but 
indeed not so much that we uh, have to worry about it. It's enough to nourish us, but not more than we need for today. That's the amount. Or perhaps bread for the day to stave off our hunger. That's what we pray for. And maybe a little bit more because... If we only have enough today, we're going to be anxious about tomorrow, so we pray for enough for today and enough for tomorrow, so we won't be anxious and our fears will be calmed, but is indeed still a word meaning the amount of bread, the amount that we need. This emphasis on amount would be just that, how much we need to both feed us and keep us from fears of having to worry about not having enough tomorrow. So if we step back and consider this word epiousios might, and what it might mean really, we do get some perspicuity, right? <laughs> Jesus knows that one of the basic human needs is for food, for bread. That's why those pictures of those children standing in line with empty bowls, waiting, waiting for their daily sustenance in Somalia, really touch all of our hearts. We have work to do to make sure everybody has enough food to eat across the world, that all God's children can be fed. It's likely a similar heartfelt calling that has maintained our church's commitment to our walk-in ministry where we serve downtown guests, maybe 150 or 200 on every single Monday, and we've been doing this for 30 years, we know in this church, in our downtown setting, the importance of feeding hungry stomachs. It's crucial to our lives. We all need daily bread, and we all need regular amounts of it to maintain life and have life without anxiety and fear. So Jesus teaches when you pray, pray for God to meet your basic need for bread for today and for tomorrow and that will not run out. Yet it is not so much bread that we become corpulent. It's daily bread, enough for today. It's not so much bread that we can hoard it and keep it from others. And that's a very real problem in our world. We all know too well. It's not enough for us to live without fear it isn't, what we ask for is enough so that we don't have fear about going hungry, but not so much, not so much that others are going hungry every day, which remains a particular burden that we in the developed world must address lest we face God's serious condemnation of us for not caring for those who are hungry. We need to be sure that our daily bread does not keep others around the world from having their daily bread. There are two other brief treasures in this little phrase. Notice that the prayer is for bread. It's not cake. Consumerism and the kingdom of mammon have no place in those who pray this prayer. We ask for what sustains us, not for extras. And it's also, you recall, our daily bread, not my daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. I had dinner with a friend recently in a restaurant in Chaco Bottom. 
He did not eat all that was on his plate. He asked for a box to take it home, the leftovers, so he could carry it. When we walked outside, he with his box, a man very much struggling, asked for some spare change. My friend asked him if he liked seafood. He said he did. He said, here, take this. I was going to take this home and eat it later. You enjoy it tonight. It was one of those spontaneous God moments, a small one, but it touched me. And it reminded me, whenever we pray our daily bread, we're reminded that we have neighbors, sisters and brothers who need daily bread too. And Jesus has no feet but ours. Jesus has no hands but ours. And our calling is to be about kingdom life wherever we find ourselves. Always, that's our calling. The next phrase we come to now, it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We all know that for Episcopalians and others, the word trespasses jumps in just when we're getting our rhythm and it messes us up. (laughs) Matthew uses the words debts. Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer uses the words debts and sins. The intent of the word is really what Ginger was talking about. It's to think seriously and ask for forgiveness for those things that we have done that separate us from God. It's also to ask for forgiveness for those things that we have not done that separate us from God, our sins. Someone has said that Calvinists, Presbyterians, are more interested in their debts than their sins. The same person said Episcopalians have often been the landholders and that's why they're always interested in trespassing. Worried about trespassing. Jesus' point here, however, is this. Just as daily life involves daily bread, daily life also involves our sins and our needs for forgiveness from God and from one another. Each day we need to address the broken places of our hearts. Each day we need to speak to and ask God to speak to the broken places of our lives so that we can find new life. As we pray for forgiveness and seek to be people who forgive, we become more whole, more faithful, more in line with all that God creates us to be. We move toward God's kingdom. I'm reminded of Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address, which he gave as the Civil War was winding down. Now think of this context. And Lincoln said, with malice toward none and charity for all, let us, let us do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace. It's only by praying, forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, that we can get to a just and lasting peace, that we can find the wholeness and the faithfulness that we're called to have as God's people moving toward the kingdom. The prayer then moves to lead us not into temptation or the time of trial, this text says, and deliver us from evil or the evil one, as this text says. There was an article this week in the New York Times written by David Brooks. 
It was entitled, When the Good Do Bad. Brooks' opening lines read this, like this. And I quote, It's always interesting to read the quotations of people who knew a mass murderer before he killed. They usually express bafflement that a person who seems so kind and normal could do something so horrific. End quote. He writes mostly this article about U.S. soldier Robert Bales, who's accused of killing 17 Afghan civilians. But he writes more about how, as much as we do not want to admit it, as much as we all think we're pretty good people, he writes how we're all probably not as good as we think we are. In fact, his article quotes John Calvin and other theologians who have long affirmed that there is a dark side in human beings. His article quotes recent university research that confirms that most people, yes, most people, have vivid homicidal fantasies. We're all a mixture, see, of virtue and depravity. We're all people capable of very vicious acts. And we see that depravity all too frequently in that killing in Afghanistan. This week in Toulouse, France. Or the sad shooting of Trayvon Martin in the neighborhood in Florida. Or almost any page of our local newspaper. Just as we need daily bread, just as we need daily forgiveness, we need daily guidance from God to lead us away from all that counters God's kingdom, from what God would intend for us, the kingdom life, from all that destroys us and destroys our world. We need daily guidance from God. We're all struggling, see, to... Strengthen the good and resist the evil that can take hold of us. The Lord's Prayer is a regular request to God to keep us from destructive or self-destructive ways. We pray, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. The Bible scholar Ken Bailey likens this petition to seeking a good guide who will carry you across the desert. The desert, on our own, especially across a desert, we would be dangerously lost. But with a good seasoned God, Bailey argues, a wise God to whom we trust our very lives, we can get where we need to go. We can. So we look for God daily, especially when the temptations and tests daily come among us or to us or over us and can even destroy us. We look for God daily to guide us safely to God's promised reign. Thy kingdom come. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That's what we pray. So Jesus wants the kingdom life for all of us. That's his whole mission. The kingdom life for all of us and for the whole world. And he gives us this Lord's Prayer for 
perspicuity. Pray like this, he says. Indeed, shape your life like this. It is about our daily bread. Reminding us we need sustenance and we need to share it. And we need to live simply so that others can simply live. It's about daily forgiveness. And daily forgiving. That's the only way to wholeness. And it's about God's daily guidance and our openness to God's guidance. Because destruction is often closer than we think. And our viciousness is often worse than we think. May we pray this prayer Jesus teaches us. And may we live our lives in a way that moves us toward the kingdom. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O God, help our unbelief. May our lives, filled with your grace and spirit, move more and more toward your kingdom. Amen.